You're listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. You're one of my favorite interviewers. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. That's 24-7. Zach, that is really funny. From the latest news on The Real Housewives, deep dives into celebrity legal scandals, and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars, I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. What is going on, everybody? Everybody in the club. I hope you have had a wonderful start to your week thus far. Hopefully, you have some fun weekend plans coming up. I know we got the 4th of July coming up. We're fine. Like, we're like heavy into summer. I don't know when that happened. I don't know when, like, we went from like the new year and like dipping our toes into spring to now being like full blown into summer. I was at the gym this morning with my neighbor that we, our workout buddies. And so we meet up to work out and I was like, oh, I was about to say, we need to get ready. We need to start to get ready for summer. But like summer is already here. Like it happened. And I don't know when we got here, but we're here. Also here is the new season, season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. It has officially begun and it is beginning without Raquel Levis. So Raquel has yet to sign on for the new season of Vanderpump Rules. She is currently in her mental health facility. I don't know what that means. I'm sure the macaroni art is fun. The postcards she's writing seem to be doing her well. So she is not signed on. The new season officially begins production on Wednesday of this week. So we are there. We've begun. Cameras are up and rolling and everyone else minus Raquel is expected to return. That includes Tom Sandoval. That includes Ariana Maddox. So season 11 definitely seems like it's going to be interessante. I know Raquel said that she, when she had her sit down with Andy, that she was interested in returning. Unclear if she will be at all. If anything, I don't think we need her back full time because she didn't really give us much full time prior. And again, we're only really invested in, in this because of um, Tom Sandoval and Ariana and them having such a long term relationship and Tom having such a, a good image that's now been tarnished thanks to Rocky Rocky Bang Bang. But it looks like Lala and Schwartz have confirmed that they're definitely back based off of the recent press that they've done. Lala, or well, not press, but Lala just did an Amazon Live, and there was like a Q&A where people asked her about Vanderpump, and she's like, yeah, I'm, you know, we start filming again on Wednesday, and she showed her hair extensions, and then we have Schwartzy, who's been promoting Stars on Mars, which I finally started, and he seems to be, he says that he's very anxious and nervous about the new season, he's terrified about the new season, so we'll see what that brings. Charlie also talked about being offered to return full-time this upcoming season, but she said TBD. She is uncertain if she will be coming back at all. So there you go. Um, interesting though, because she said that she wasn't at the reunion because she chose to not attend the final, the finale event, which was the something about her sandwich tasting. But Christina Kelly wasn't at the reunion either. And she was at the finale. So I, Interesting, 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 interesting. But season 11 
has officially begun production of Vanderpump Rules without Raquel Levis. Who knows if she'll come in midway. If anything, I just want to see her confront Sheena. We need that face-to-face now that the restraining order has been dropped. We need some sort of conversation between the two of them. Ariana got to confront Raquel. Sheena has not, and we need that. We need that scene with Sheena. That's all I want from Raquel. Now let's get into all of the Tori and Dean, which will be the bulk of this this episode, this live stream, this, because we are streaming this live on as a YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, youtube.com slash just plain Zach. Hit the like button, hit the bell notification button, whatever floats your boat. Let's get it, get it, get it. Okay, let's dive into all of the Tory and Dean of it all, because in a new exclusive to the Daily Mail, Dean McDermott is now, according to a friend that spoke to the Daily Mail, Dean McDermott is tired of bowing to entitled Tory Spelling's endless demands and being taken for granted. And he's told his friends that their marriage is over after realizing there is nothing that he does that will ever be good enough for her. So apparently he also feels exploited by... uh, Feels that she has exploited their marriage for fame. I think maybe part of it was fame, but another part of it was probably money because she's been very open about not being very good at money and liking to spend money and rack up lots of debt. And so I think she exploited stuff for the sake of making money more than she really sought out the fame and the relevance because she, I feel like, is always going to have some sort of fame and relevance. But money is the money that, you know, she's addicted to because that's what she was accustomed to growing up. So she likes to spend it. So she wants to keep it coming on in. I do think she did exploit them though. Um, But I think part of it was maybe for the sake of her ego rather than the fame aspect. But I think more of it was for the sake of their family and being able to provide for their family and mostly being able to provide for her love of luxury. So she tried to keep them afloat. He wasn't really doing much to keep the lights on. I would understand how maybe there would be some sort of resentment that she built towards him and how she always wanted more from him and he wasn't able to live up to those expectations. So I can kind of see both sides of it where she was like, I was the breadwinner. I'm the one that carried this family. I'm the one that got us down. And he's like, yeah, but like you, I, nothing I ever do is good enough. And it's like, well, you don't fucking do anything. So yeah, no, it's not good enough. Well, that's where they stand currently. He obviously made the announcement on Instagram that they were splitting and then he took it down and she never addressed the split and they're like, they're not splitting. She doesn't want to leave him and he wants to leave her from what it sounds like now being reported all over the internet this week. So he seems to be done with her. He feels exploited by her and he just wants to move on and she, from what we're hearing, it doesn't sound like she wants to let him go, but I think it's more because she wants to hold on to this picture-perfect family that she has. But, like, hello, that's another book deal right there, Tori Spelling. Divorce? Divorce Diaries? Hello? I don't know if... What's a, a word that has Tori in it that we can use? Because all of her books are, like, spelling it like it is. Storytelling. Um, well, I guess Mommy Wood didn't really have any of the, the Tori nods to it but uncharted territory so i feel like there's another book in there some divorcatory expository the divorce story you know i feel like she should lean into the divorce at this point because now she can really make some money off of it i think he just wants out of the marriage he's like i'm done i don't want any part of this and she's just like 
no, we need to stay together for the brand. End of the story with Tori. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it, lovey. Yeah, I don't know where they go from here. But I think if anything, if she leans into divorce and makes divorce part of her brand and like bouncing back from divorce, like there's a whole category. There's longevity there. And it's, you know, I feel like the people that were part of her journey at the beginning, which we'll get to in a second, the people that were there for the beginning of it all will still ride with her because they've ridden with her all the way through, through and through. I think that's what people love about Tori Spelling is her openness, her transparency, her down-to-earth, even though it's like an unintentional down-to-earth because she's not trying to be relatable. She just happens to be a disaster that makes her relatable. So, yeah. But as you know, it is our regular book club, our weekly book club, and we did start her book, Storytelling, a couple months ago now. And we've been picking it up in bits and pieces. So we will finally wrap it up with chapter four and five, which are the final two chapters of the book, where we're going to dive into their affair, Tori and Dean's affair, the affair that started it all, Um, the start of their marriage, her feud with Candy Spelling, her mother, the loss of her father, all of that stuff. So we're really going to take it back to how Tori met Dean, how they first fell in love, and everything she wrote about him back then. And a lot of the bad omens that she kind of seemed to be noticing back then that she now in retrospect it's like oh, I wonder how she feels about these things now so let's dive into it shall we chapter four storytelling this is her first book okay so talks about how Dean and Tori fell in love although they were working together on set they were just kind of it seemed like infatuated with each other more than they were in love i think they were so out of love within their current relationships and then they became you know infatuated with each other in this onset love that it became an offset behind the scenes sort of love and then they were just fully committed to each other she talks about how he gave her a promise ring but he made the promise ring out of thread and it was a very special type of thread but it was a symbol that someday he planned to marry her and he knew that this was all going to work out in the end and clearly it has so talks about their love story and how it feels like they were soulmates forever and then fresh out of ottawa which is where they were filming the film the movie she then starts telling her friends about Dean because he's like, don't worry, I, we need to take six months off to really get back into our old lives and see if we want to be in our old lives or not. But like we need six months to at least kind of bridge the gap before we fully lean into this love affair that we have going on, even though we've already like been in it. We need like a six month break, right? We need to be put on pause. We need to go into a mental health facility and like take a break from the world, right? So... She says that she was hesitant and worried that if he had that six months apart from her, that he would end up deciding to stay with his wife. But he was like, no, we need this. But she starts telling all of her friends about him, even though she's still technically with her ex, which is really strange because she was still married to Charlie. And she's like talking about this affair that she had with Dean on set and how much they're so in love. And then he gave her this yarn ring and she started lying to Charlie more and more, but like she was keeping the affair from him, but telling everybody else in her life, which is just interesting. Um, But they agreed that they were going to write it out for six months, but then Dean ended up leaving his wife within a matter of like a couple of weeks, like freshly from being back from Ottawa. He was like, I'm done. I don't want to be with you anymore. And she was like, wow. Okay. So, 
Tori then immediately wanted to introduce Dean to all of her friends because she wanted them to co-sign all of this, probably to project from the guilt that she was feeling about breaking up two marriages, her own marriage and Dean's marriage, because now they were like in love, which was a show that later came, but they were in love. Anyway, her friends were worried that all of this was going to go down very, very badly because they were both married and in relationships. And they're like, listen, we get it. You're in love and we love that you're in love and love, love, love wins. But like, oh, this is looking really terrible. This is not looking great. So her friends were worried about how the optics of it and how it was all going to go down. And the people, they were obviously going to end up hurting at the end of this. But she says that she never wanted to hurt anybody, right? She just knew that she and Dean were always meant to be together. So she remembers picking a fight with Charlie because after she came back from Ottawa, she was very distant from him and he felt the distance. So did Dean's wife. And she ended up picking a fight with Charlie because she didn't want to be with him. And obviously she's telling all of her friends that she's planning on leaving him for Dean. So she picks a fight with him to deflect from her having an affair and probably deflect from the the guilt that she's carrying around from having this affair. And then ultimately she used that fight to end things. And then she devised a plan to officially end things by using her therapist and being like, okay, well, let's go to therapy where I can actually articulate how I feel and you can articulate how you feel. And then I can tell you that I cheated on you, but not actually tell you that I cheated on you. Just tell you that like, I'm not in love with you and never was. So she says that she married him. She married Charlie because he loved her and he was able to take care of her, but not because she was actually in love with him. And she didn't realize that those two things were possible, that you can marry somebody that you love that's also in love with you, that, you know, Dean opened her up and showed her that that was possible. And then she kind of tried to like drop hints but Charlie wasn't picking up on the cues. It feels very like Tom Sandoval trying to break up with Ariana is the impression that I was getting. Cause I was like, mm, it sounds like you're not being very clear with him that you're done with him, but yet you want him to kind of just read between the lines and, and realize that you're done with him, but yet you're not actually telling him that you're done with him. And you're kind of leading him to believe that there's a chance that you guys can stick it out and stay together. Worst fear, right? That somebody falls out of love with me or was never truly in love with me. And then they want me to just like, figure it out on my own while I think that we're in this love story and we're not actually in this love story because you're not in love with me. You're in love with somebody else. My God, poor Charlie. So he eventually figured out that there was an affair between Tori and Dean and she apologized, but she made it clear that she wasn't leaving him because of the affair. She was only leaving him because she always knew that the relationship was wrong, which, you know, that's obviously got to make it feel better, right? I'm not leaving you because I had an affair with somebody else and my hormones got the best of me. I'm leaving you because I was never really in love with you. And now I found love and it's not you. There we go. Way to go, Tori. So, She says leaving Charlie, she writes in the book, that leaving Charlie was the happiest that she'd ever been and leaning into, um, sorry, somebody wrote Leanne Rimes and Eddie Cibrian, and now I can't stop thinking about Eddie Cibrian, but um, she said that being with Dean and leaving Charlie was the happiest thing she ever did, and I was like, oh, that doesn't sound so great, but eventually she broke the news to her dad before it became public but she didn't get a chance to tell her mom before the news hit the press. And so she seems to think that her mom was upset and disappointed. She ended up skipping her mother's 60th birthday party because of the scandal of the divorce. And she was like, I don't think I should be there because there's too much 
attention on me. And it sounds like that really hurt her mother, Candy, because Candy then responded because she wrote her like a really long email being like, listen, I just didn't think that this was the appropriate time for me to be out because everyone was going to have questions and it was going to be weird. And the paparazzi was going to grill me about celebrating your 60th birthday party while I'm going through a divorce. And like, that's weird and blah, blah, blah. And so she says that the mom then responded, that's okay. Everybody that cares about me was there anyway, which shade, but also like, yeah. It's your mom's 60th birthday party. Like, it's a special event. Like, yeah, like, here's the thing. You take the bullet for your mother, you know? You know that it's probably going to be uncomfortable and people are going to take photos of you and probably write a story about it. But at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, it's your mom and it's her 60th birthday party that, like, that's special. You don't miss a special family occasion because of your own ego. You stick it out regardless of what the press is going to say about you in the end. Or you just, like, keep it really low-key or something. I don't know. But Tori's like, but I sent her a really elaborate gift and these like gorgeous, gorgeous flowers and blah, blah, blah. But I'm also like, Candy Spelling's not the type to care about gifts. That's not her love language, right? She can buy any gift that she wants. She can buy whatever she wants. I think to Candy, it's more important about having those experiences and having that connection because money, she has enough money to buy anything and she doesn't need to buy anything anymore. Um... Then she talks about how right after that, her mom told her that she was selling the condo that she lived in with Charlie. And her mom's like, yeah, so you're going to have to move out at some point because now I'm selling the condo. It just feels right. So despite the split being messy, she says that Dean was worth it. Dean was worth all the messy drama that came with her split from Charlie and the drama with her mom. She said that all of her anxiety would go away because of Dean and meeting Dean's family was like a fairy tale because the sisters helped him plan some big elaborate proposal. And so Dean finally proposed to Tori, even though it was like really early on in their relationship. Candy Spelling wasn't all that supportive. Um, and so she ends up evicting Tori sooner. I think she was like, you have until August before we sell the condo. And then she was like, never mind, JK. Now it's January. So you have until the end of January to get out because you're done. Which Tori felt like was a big dig. Paula Gray in the live chat says, you don't miss family milestones if the mother and the daughter hate each other. Exa oh, you do miss a family milestone if the mother and daughter hate each other. Yes, Paula, I agree. But she makes it seem like we're family. We are family. Everybody. Cheryl says, Zach, will we ever see the one-on-ones that Andy did with Tom, Rachel, and Ariana? We did. We saw them at the reunion. They ended up, they aired them at the reunion, Cheryl. Where have you been? Girlfriend, We the reunion's been done. We saw all of it. Well, not all of it, but we saw, you know, the main questions that he asked them individually. I don't think he conducted long interviews with them, but he just wanted to give them an opportun opportunity to tell their sides of the story and then release that as it, you know, fit within the context of the, what do you call it? The reunion. Back to Tori and Dean. Um, Tori says that Dean's ex-wife wanted to meet with her, but she says that she was so terrified that she ended up packing a knife to go see her. And so she had a knife in her. I think she was like a... Um, a Balenciaga knife that she had in her purse. I was like, that's interesting. I didn't know Balenciaga had knives, but okay. Maybe it's part of their BDSM collection. But Tori says that she left that meeting with doubts about Dean that, you know, his ex wasn't like super mean to her, but it felt like she was planting seeds about like things that she should be like weary of when it comes to Dean. And so she left 
that meeting having a couple of doubts, but she quickly shook them off knowing how much that she loved Dean. Then she gets into the show that she had on VH1 called So Notorious, and it was a scripted show based on her life, but it was like a um, an exaggerated like comedy scripted show. She says that she was so excited, but it only ended up lasting one season, and it left her in a lot of debt. VH1 didn't want to renew it for a second season because they said that the budget was too expensive, and they could make more money off of doing more reality shows rather than doing scripted shows, and they're like, we gave So Notorious a try, and now we're so over it. Then she talks about when her dad got sick, and she says that she was advised by a lot of people around her. She said many people around her told her to do this, but she decided to go to her father and ask him about the will and talk about, like, well, Dad, are you, you know, do you remember what you wrote in the will? Are you good about what you said about me and Randy, her brother? She's like, you know, I just want to make sure that everything that's in the will, you like it and you're good with it and you're kosher about it. And it's like, well, yeah, it's his will. Why wouldn't he be good about it? Like, he's the one that probably devised the will together. Maybe with some insight from the mother, but like, you know, I just, I don't know. I think that's strange. Um, that she would even ask, like, I don't, why ask about that if you don't care about the money? But she's like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the money. But she also likes to spend money. And she's like, but I was in a lot of debt. But like, I don't care about money. Who cares about money? It's my dad. I love my dad. He was sick and he was rich, but like, he was rich at the same time. So like, I want to make sure that like, whatever's in his will is in his will. And he like knows what's in his will. And he's like, really happy about that. And dad, are you really happy about that? Because I have a Balenciaga knife in my purse. So... She says that in his head that he believed because he told her, he assured her that she and her brother would each be taken care of and that he left each of them just under $1 million. She says that in his head that she believes that he likely believed that that money would take care of her. But she's like, a million dollars is not a lot of money. It's not enough to like take care of me and my wealthy luxury lifestyle that I like to live. But the, I think it was like 800000 that he left Tori and 800000 that he left Randy, the brother, her, Tori's brother, his son. I believe they only had two kids. But she's like, that was nothing compared to what the media kept reporting. And the media kept reporting that he was worth $500 million. So, I mean, come on, at least leave them like $10 million. If you can't even do a full hundred, like $10 million, $10 million would really keep them covered for life, right? But... Out of the five hundred million that he was worth, he left them just under one million. But she's like, "But it's okay because I think that he really believed that that was a lot of money and enough money to take care of us for the rest of our lives." She said that she never, she was never raised to think about money, and that she never knew how to manage money. She said that she lived off of a credit card, and her business manager is the one that handled everything, so she didn't know the value of a dollar. And Eventually, she had to really learn how to budget when she married Dean and she realized, oh, yeah, Dean's not Aaron Spelling. Dean is not my father and Dean doesn't have money and he also doesn't really like to work. So, like, now I need to be on a budget. Thanks, Dean. That's just what we needed, right? A husband that knows how to put you on a budget. Anybody that's married or that has um, a hubby that's kept them on a budget, raise your hand. Woo, woo. We love that, right? So she had to learn how to go on a budget and had a thrift shop. And she's like, and now I shop at Forever 21. She's like, but I still love Louboutins. She says that she changed a lot now understanding the value of a dollar and being married to Dean because he's broke. She wrote some sweet words about her nanny. She loved the nanny. 
talks very highly about the nanny. Then we get into their wedding, her wedding to Dean, which was not very long after her divorce from Charlie. But they had a wedding together in Fiji. It was just the two of them because remember now they're on a budget. She says that they just wanted it to be like them, Tori and Dean, in love in Fiji. But I'm like, girl, you just said you were on a budget. Like, we get it. You want to do something fancy and you want it to look fancy. And that's why you have people coming and shooting the wedding to take the photos exclusively. But, I mean, come on. If you could afford to have the big fancy wedding, she would absolutely do the big fancy wedding. But... She said that the morning of her wedding, it started to rain and the weather, you know, was so bad. And she was like, what? It's raining in Fiji. This doesn't make any sense. But I'm like, isn't Fiji tropical? Isn't that like you're like in the rainforest where it rains? So, but she's like, but it's okay because despite it raining on the morning we got married, the weather just cleared up right before the ceremony. Two hours before the ceremony, the sun will come out to get married. The sun will come out to get married. But so they had a nice, beautiful, sunny ceremony. And she says that she was completely 100% happy knowing that Dean was her person. And then she talks about how they lost the wedding rings at the ceremony and they couldn't find the wedding rings and they didn't know what happened to them, but they found Dean's, but they couldn't find Tori's. And she's like, but it's okay. Nothing would keep us from getting married. Not my mom, not my sick father, not my not having a big enough budget to put on a big wedding, not the rain, not me losing our wedding rings. None of that's going to stop me from marrying my Dean, who I stole from another woman. And then we talk about her father and when her father passed away. And she really describes the mother as like a monster. Like she really makes Candy Spelling out to be really bad that now I understand why they had such a contentious relationship for so long. Cause you can tell they do not like each other. They like genuinely hate each other. And so her mother was having this relationship with this man, Mark that Tori felt was very inappropriate. And so she ended up talking about it to somebody at a party one time. And then that party then led to it being in the press. And that only made things worse between her and spelling or her and candy spelling. And her father, her father then had a stroke and Candy didn't even tell Tori about her father having a stroke. And Tori was really upset about that because Tori thinks that Candy's relationship with Mark is what pushed her father over the edge to begin with. And she recalls writing her mother a very awful relationship ending email, which she happened to send just three days before her father passed away, where she was like, we're spoiled because of you and you don't deserve children like us and you don't deserve a man like my father and blah, 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 blah. And so Candy was not happy about that. So then after Aaron Spelling passed, Candy issued a statement um, on behalf of her and her brother, sorry, her and her son, Randy, and she left Tori out of the statement and so many where they acknowledged Aaron's death and thanked everybody for their condolences. And she intentionally left Tori out of the statement and Tori was like, that's so mean. It's like, but you're mean to your mom and she's mean to you and this kind of seems like your relationship, but whatever, girl. And it's just kind of crazy to think that his entire legacy, Aaron Spelling, was overshadowed by all of this like family drama and contention and like just bullshit at this point, right? She says that the press would then capitalize off of her feud with her mother and this ended up blowing things up even further because it separated them even more and then they would only communicate via the press and the press likes to take the most sensationalized moments. So she said that she planned to produce a full tribute but then Candy refused to give her any licensing to use any of the shows that Aaron produced. So that didn't end up going anywhere. She's like, no, the Grammys are 
Grammys or the Emmys, one of them was going to have like a little tribute to Aaron Spelling. And she's like, it was literally a few seconds long. Like, I can't believe my mother chose that over me doing my own tribute that I would get to produce and probably also get paid very well for. So shortly after she found out that she was pregnant, she's like, oh my God, this is a blessing for my father. My father is reincarnated or wanted to give us his blessing in our life. Then the family she grew up with, she said, was gone. That family was done, but now I'm building a new family, and I love my new family. And they ended up having to travel back to Ottawa for work, which is where they originally started their affair. And they ended up staying at a bed and breakfast. I don't remember why they had to stay there. I think it was, like, recommended or the hotels were booked or something, but there was, like, an option to stay at a bed bed and breakfast. And other people were like, yeah, no. But Tori and Dean were like, yeah, we actually think this is kind of cute. Let's do it. And then they talk about how it was a horrible experience and how it gave them the idea to open up their own bed and breakfast And that ultimately led them to pitching a show about running a bed and breakfast all on their own. And this is how Tori and Dean in love came to fruition. She said that the idea was nice, but it was a lot of work that they had to put in and it wasn't ideal. And people would come just to see them. And then people would take pictures of them like cleaning because they were, this was their bed and breakfast and they had to run it and they had to take care of it. But it's like, yeah, if you're a celebrity and you're going to have like a public business like that, then that's going to happen. You're going to have people that come and like make things drama. You know what I mean? So she said that it was, uh, the idea of running an inn together was nice, but all the work, she just couldn't keep up with it. And then Candy finally reached out right after she ended up breaking up with Mark, who was the guy that she was probably likely Tori believed was having an affair with while her father was on his deathbed. Candy said that she wanted to be part of her grandson's life and that she wanted to be part of Tori's new little family. And Tori seemed to be open to that. Candy even showed up for the delivery and even though she was very true to, true to form for Candy, she was annoyed that she wasn't included in the naming process. But I'm just kind of like, listen, girlfriend, you're lucky that you even got allowed into the delivery room. You're going to be mad that they didn't consult you for naming the baby. Thank you, next. But Tori says that the delivery was special and she was ready for this new journey in her life, which was the birth of Liam. Tori and Dean in love went on for two seasons. Unlike So Notorious that got canceled after one season, Oxygen renewed Tori and Dean in love for two seasons, and then eventually it became Tori and Dean Home Sweet Hollywood. Then later Lifetime brought us True Tori, which was about the affair that Dean had. And then after that, they had um, their camping show. They also had like a wedding planning show. So they've been on reality TV quite a bit. So I get where Dean's coming from with being like, I'm, you know, being exploited by my wife. I remember when Dean was the host of Top Chef Canada. Yeah, I remember that. And then Tori didn't want to let him go to film the second season of Top Chef Canada because she was like, no, you already cheated on me. And how can I trust that you won't cheat on me again? It's like, he's probably going to cheat on you. But at this point, Donna Martin needs to get her bills paid. So Donna Martin can't be worried about where her husband's at because she had an affair with him going into this. So I'm not trying to say how you get him is how you lose him because I know a lot of people like to throw that out there. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying this is the man you chose. This is the life that you ended up having and he's got bills to pay. So you need to figure that out. Love this podcast. Donna Martin graduates. Thank you, Nana. I'm so happy I caught you live. Adore you, Zach. Hi, just me. I adore you too. What is she waiting for? Why not let the kids have it know why she is alive? Oh, about the the inheritance and how Candy kept most of it. Candy got $500 million and all the property Aaron owned. 
plus all is television royalties. Well, I believe the five hundred million that he's he's worth includes all of the properties. That's his net worth. So that includes property and assets that he had and money that he had in the bank, right? Plus all of the royalties. So I don't think she got five hundred million plus property. I think that was encompassing of all of the property and assets that he owned which also included the television shows and also includes royalties. So I agree. I feel like the mom should have stepped in and been like, you know what, even though your dad only left you this much, I don't think that that's right. I think I'm going to leave you with a little bit more. But also at the same time, 800000 is a lot. She said that she didn't see all that money because of taxes. And so I think she only ended up with like 400000 or maybe like three fifty. But again, invest that money. Do something with that money. Use it to some sort of benefit to help you continue to build something for your family the same way he built something for your family growing up. It's not that hard. Donna Martin needs her bills paid. I agree. I'm flatlined. It's true though. Hi, Carrie from WI. I'm assuming that's Wisconsin. I remember when, oh, Dean was the top chef candidate. Yeah, I remember that too. And then he cheated on her. And then she's like, I can't let you go back. And I was like, well, you need to figure this out, Donna Martin, because it ain't looking good for you. And now they're apparently donezos. So that's a bummer. That was a bummer. I couldn't believe how Tori's father left her almost nothing. That blew my mind. I mean, listen, 800000 is not almost nothing. And the way she defends it in her book, she really does make it seem like he left her. He believed that that was a lot of money. Like he was still stuck in a very old time because he was an old fucking man. Jesus Christ. He was like he is close to death. And so I think he believed that that was a lot of money because the way she describes him is um, like not fully understanding money. Like he knows he had a lot of money and he knows that he was really wealthy, but I don't think he realized what 500 million meant or even realized that he was worth that amount of money. He was just like, yeah, oh, we can give her a million dollars, give them a million dollars and they'll be set for life. Because she says that in the conversations that she had with him, he told her, like, I will make sure you're set for life. Like, the money that I have set aside for you is to make sure that you are good and your brother will be good and you guys will be taken care of. So I think he believed that he was taking care of them, even though we, in, you know, the grand scheme of things with the context that we know and big picture, see it very differently. But I think regardless, like, why, like, you left all that money to your wife? Like, why does your wife even need that much money? I would think your kids would be more of the priority over the wife because she also talks a lot about how uh, Candy was having this inappropriate relationship with Mark, who's this guy that she was sleeping with and like, or like having an affair with, allegedly. I don't know. Dean was on Chopped Canada, not Top Chef Canada. Uh, yes, that's correct. That was in her book because Randy told ET Entertainment Tonight 500000 Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, then that probably, well, she said that they, she didn't see the full 800000 because of taxes. So they probably ended up walking away with 500000 when the taxes were taken out. Because that would have been, what, like 40-ish percent? I don't know. I don't do math. I do words. That's why I talk for a living. True, she had multiple opportunities to make money, and that was up to her how to use it. Plus, having five kids costs a lot, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's like, but this is your new family. You talk about how you were done with your old family, and you were moving on from your old family. And it's like, okay, well, now we got to get with them. This is what happens when you're a mom with five kids. You got to pay for all those kids. She came for money. But I'm in need. Damn, she's a trifling friend indeed. 
Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over town. That digs on me. She came for money. Well, I'm in need. So, yeah. I think if anything, she should have used that money, invested it in some way. And But, I mean, it's also, it's hard, especially in, like, the Hollywood business and investing in television shows. It's very easy to burn money. As we know with Randall Scandal, he burned a lot of money. He borrowed a lot of money, but, like, burned it all because that's kind of the nature of the beast of working in Hollywood. It's really hard to uh, to bring in that ROI in Hollywood. Mm. Okay. Shall we wrap then, guys? Why not give them more now? What is Candy waiting for? Yeah, I agree. I'm very curious to see what Candy has in her will. Is she leaving? Could you imagine if she leaves everything to Randy? That would be real fucked up. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised. Just the way Tori describes Candy and how spiteful she is and how, I don't know, Candy wanted to have something to hold over her that's despicable. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a very contentious relationship. But Lauren makes a good point. She said, Tori has a shopping addiction. I think she should have gotten help for her addiction. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I don't do math. I use words. That's why I talk for a living. Exactly, Paula. Exactly. Paula gets it. Um, Mother Monster. Yeah, mon- yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree, Val. Imagine Candy leaves it all to charity. I have a feeling Candy's going to leave all of the money to charity. I, I really think so, Wanda Lee. What is Candy waiting for? She lives in an extreme luxury. And yeah, I agree, Anna. I think she should give the money to her kids because it's even if she doesn't like her kids, it at least goes to her grandkids. And that's her blood, right? That's her legacy. That's her future. I don't think she cares about it that way. If anything, I mean, it would be super shady if Candy did that. If instead of leaving money to Tori, she left the money in her grandchildren's name. Because at least she knows her grandkids would be taken care of rather than Tori just blowing that money and not giving it to, her, to the grandkids. I can see that happening as well. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. When Candy dies, she'll probably leave it to a pet. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. At this point, everything Candy has done, according to Tori in the book. Interesting. Um, Okay, guys, that wraps tonight's book club. That wraps this episode. We talked a little bit about Vanderpump. I will keep you posted, so be sure you subscribe on the YouTube. The YouTube, the YouTube and the Instagram youtube.com slash justplainzach and instagram.com slash nofilterwithzach or you can always follow me personally for all of my personal updates and behind the scenes of the show and to see me at all the fun events and seeing all the people and doing all the things at justplainzach all over the internet that's my personal handle at justplainzach the podcast is at nofilterwithzach on instagram and then you can always subscribe on youtube zach peter or youtube.com slash justplainzach Hit the like button on your way out. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please leave me a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I would love, I'd love to read them. I love all the love and support that you're giving me and it really does help the show. So get ready. New live stream will drop on Thursday, Thursday, and I'll make sure I have updated Instagram reels and TikTok videos and YouTube videos if anything new breaks between now and then. So yeah, happy summer. Hope you guys are off to a great week and I will chat with you all very, very soon. Very, 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 very soon. Alright. Love you. Mean it. Bye.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.